This week on Unsportsmanlike Conduct, we talk about Michigan-Michigan State basketball, the rivalry. Michigan State coming out of the Chrysler Center with the win. We also talk about the NBA potentially lowering their minimum age from 19 to 18. And we talk about the Los Angeles Lakers kind of starting to fall apart. All that and more coming up on Sportsmanlike Conduct. Welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct. My name is Austin Chastain, staff reporter here at Central Michigan Life. Over to my left is Mr. Andrew Gleason, and over to my right is the Miss Elena Hess. How are we doing today, y'all? I'm so happy to be here. I'm doing good. It's almost spring break, so I'm ready for that. How about you, Andy? Uh, doing good. Been a long week, but uh, kind of slowing down now, so uh, great, great nightcap right here. <laughs> there we go. All right, guys, let's jump right into it. Um, last week, uh, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said that the NBA was going to start experimenting um, with the NBA, well, the National Basketball Players Association, um, to lower their age minimum to enter the league from 19 back down to 18 like it was back in the early 2000s. Um, Guys, what were your first thoughts when you guys heard this news? Um, Elena, I know you were kind of all over it. I think it's a great idea because I think – I mean, like, when you think about how LeBron came right into the league and he was awesome, I know there's not going to be people really like LeBron coming into the league, but if they're ready for the league, I mean, bring them in. Why would they need to spend a year in college? So I think it would be great for the NBA. Now, what it would do to college basketball, it would just bring, I mean, it would take out some of the best players, of course, but I don't think it would really do too much harm. I mean, there's not going to be a ton of people that are going straight from high school to the NBA anyways. So, I mean, the few players that are ready, I think they should be allowed to go. Yeah, um, I, I agree with Elena. I think a lot of it has to do with what college basketball does to respond to that. Do Does college basketball kind of enforce, like, a, hey, you got to stay three years, you got to stay two years? Because I think that would actually help college basketball if um, they're forced to go. Because I think we see in today's day and age, there's so many one-and-dones, like Zion, like the Duke team pretty much, you know, so... I'm really excited to see, like, how college basketball would respond, how the Players Association would respond, and just be like, hey, like, if you do not come out right out of high school, what, like, how long do you have to stay? Because, I mean, if they don't enforce the rule, I'm not really a big fan of it just because, like, guys could go one and done. Once again, we'd miss out on great players like Zion Williamson, but I'd be okay with missing out on players like Zion Williamson, if we can get elite players playing three years in college basketball, um, like a guy like Brandon Ingram, who was great at Duke, one and done, second overall, how fun would have been to see him play three years of college basketball. I think um, we're going to touch on this a little bit later, but a guy like Cassius Winston, third-year player in the um, NCAA basketball right now, he's tearing it up, and I just would like to see more of that in college basketball. I, I agree wholeheartedly with both of you, actually. Um, I know guys like, like you said, Zion Williamson, maybe him missing out on college basketball, it maybe it, it would hurt the game, I think, at first. But then as, as time starts to, to kind of evolve and players start to evolve, you'll kind of see these guys jump into college more, play those two or three years, and then jump to the NBA. Um, there was one guy that I keep thinking of when I when I think about this topic. It's Anthony Davis. He played 
right? He played one year at Kentucky. They went and won a national championship. And then he went to the NBA. And when he did, he he struggled. There was no doubt that he struggled uh, for at least the first two years of his career. He was used to being this dominant force down low. Nobody could stop him. And then he got into the NBA and he kind of got humbled. And I think it took him two extra years to kind of develop in the NBA. What's to say that he couldn't develop for those two years with Coach Cal in Kentucky? You know what I mean? I I think that the the whole one and done rule it hurts college basketball, and it would be great to see it go away. But the three years in college, if you do would like to go to college, I don't know how you would put like police that if you're the NCAA. I don't think the NCAA, um, now that I think about it, can necessarily do it, but I think it have to be the um, Players Association and the NBA together to enforce that rule. Just because if you look at the NFL, you have to stay three years. You have to be at least a junior or redshirt sophomore to enter the NFL draft. So I think it'd have to be somewhat of a similar situation, kind of like a NFL-MLB hybrid where um, MLB, if you get drafted right out of uh, high school, you can go play for their minor league system. But if you go to college, you have to stay that three years uh, before you're eligible for the MLB draft again. So I think something like that would be really cool. And I honestly, I would like to take the MLB format because uh, I think a lot of kids from high school that would be like top 20 in the ESPN uh, 100 would think, oh, yeah, I'm top 20. Um, I'm going to play in the NBA. But a lot of times top 20 players don't make it. There's only 60 players that get drafted every year. So um, I think I'd like to see something like that where they can get drafted and then they're just like kind of get advised, hey, like you're not ready for the NBA even though you got drafted. I think you should take these three years. So to me, um, if the NBA and NBA Players Association kind of um, looked at the MLB and remodeled their system after the MLB, I think they kind of got it down pat and that's what I would like to see. I think that's actually a great idea. I never really saw like kind of the downside of just going straight into the NBA if you're ready, but not everybody, I guess you could think you're ready like uh, talent-wise, but once you get into the NBA, it's a totally different game for sure. And like mentally too, I don't think a lot of the players would be able to handle that like as well as like say like LeBron did. I mean, LeBron has an IQ that's greater than anything we've probably ever seen in the NBA. So like for players to like mentally go into that at 18 it would just kind of some of them it could tear them apart and like you said some of them go into the NBA after a one and done and they're not ready like they kind of you can't they kind of just fall under the radar yeah uh so Andy I think I think the closest thing um actually in practice right now is college hockey um there's hockey talk for you um it, you know you can still be drafted by say, the Arizona Coyotes and still play at Michigan State, for ex- just for example. Um, so you still have that option, and I, I don't think that the NHLPA and the NCAA really police their players, um, like how we said that, the, that they should in basketball. Um, but I think that might be a really good model to look at. Um, you can go play for a minor league team, go play for a college team, but no – Hey, I've I've got this opportunity when I'm when I've completed my time. I don't know. It's that's a good point. Really good point. Uh, I mean, in the in baseball, you 
like once you're drafted and once you go to college, you're no longer drafted by that team. But I like the hockey format too, where you can be drafted because these kids have to be 18, 19 years old. Like once you're 20 years old and uh, um, you're too old to be drafted in the NHL. So uh, I really like that format where they can hold on to their rights for three years. And then if you elect to play your senior year, you're a free agent. I know Jimmy Vesey did that uh, a couple years back at Harvard. He was drafted by Buffalo, I believe, and ended up not going to Buffalo and got draft or uh, signed with the Rangers. So I think that'd be really cool for like someone who got drafted by like a bad team who would struggles and they say, "Hey, I'm playing my senior year, and then I can sign with whoever I want." Maybe like a, I don't know, like a weird Larry Bird situation. I know he got somehow got put on the Celtics. It was a great team. So. Uh, I don't know, something cool like that. I, I'd like to see, like, young players, like, kind of like how the Celtics got Jason Tatum. That was that was neat. It just doesn't happen anymore. But if we took, like, a hockey rule like that, like you just brought up, um, that'd be amazing. I definitely would. Um, Andy, you kind of touched on a little bit with Cassius Winston. That's a, <laughs> a decent segue to Michigan State's victory over Michigan um, on the road in Ann Arbor. It was it was a it was a game that I think Michigan controlled the first half and then nobody controlled the second half. It, nobody made a three point uh, no, nobody made a three pointer until Jordan Poole hit one with like a minute to go in the second half. It it was just a weird game. What were your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I definitely thought it was a weird game. Um, what really stood out to me was just, like, the leadership and the dog in uh, Cassius Winston. Uh, big Michigan fan, but I've always had nothing but, like, the utmost respect for Cash. He's just played so hard, and I think he really, like, solidified himself as a Big Ten player of the year. Obviously, they rematch in East Lansing, but being down Langford and Ward, two of his classmates, and, I mean, you think about that class with – Winston, Bridges, Ward, and Langford, and they're down three of the four, and Winston's the arsenal carrying that team. I just was really impressed by him. So uh, it really was a weird game. No one Shots weren't dropping, and I think it was just a game of will. And you could see that Cash just wanted that game. He was driving to the basket, setting up plays for his team, hitting shots. It's just the three three ball wasn't falling, but it was, a, it was a good game to watch. It was really close the entire match or the entire game. So... I was really impressed by Winston. Uh, like I said, secured the Big Ten Player of the Year, in my opinion, in that game. I really agree with you about the leadership. Winston came out strong, and really Michigan had no reason to lose this game with those guys being out, so I was really shocked uh, the way they just weren't able to run their offense like usual. And when Poole hit that three, like, I mean, didn't matter. I mean, it was cool, I guess, because it was kind of give us a flashback, but didn't matter. <laughs> so, I mean... They had no reason to lose it, and I guess it shocked us all. I mean, being a Michigan fan, I know you are too, Andy, and you don't really care, Austin, but you said right. you used to be a state fan, so whatever. Yeah, well, and I would like just to point out, I was right with the whole seven-point thing last week. Okay, oh. wrong team. Okay, <laughs> I know it was the wrong team, but still seven points. I was watching the game on my computer, um, and I started freaking out. I was like, holy crap, I, I got it right. Seven <laughs> points, let's go. Um, But no, I mean, like you guys guys said it, um, Elena, you said it best. I think Michigan had no business losing that basketball game. Honestly, they should have run Michigan State out of the gym by 
uh, by double digits um, with the way that that first half played out. But I don't know. I I, I think Michigan State is for real. And I, I, Andy, you and I kind of talked about this last week. Michigan always try, somehow finds a way to lose these kinds of games, and it's it's frustrating for Michigan fans. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, Michigan, I mean, the last couple of years kind of gotten over that hump. Uh, just I know they're 3-0 and the last uh, last times they played Michigan State, but it, I just felt like the anticipation, you know, like the buildup and everybody. This is when Michigan was expected to win. In previous years, they've kind of played the underdog role, you know, like the plane crash boys all that jazz but um when they're expected to win it's just like they don't win and i don't know i think the biggest difference for me is you saw that when the shots aren't falling when teams aren't executing their plays when the shots just aren't falling it comes down to having that superstar and michigan state has a superstar cassius winston is completely a superstar and michigan just doesn't have that i i would like to see jordan Poole really have a bigger role in the offense but there's not just one guy who can take over a game for Michigan because they truly play team basketball and Michigan State does too but when things are just hitting the wall for Michigan State they got a guy to rely on it's their point guard too their junior captain leader so I think that's the difference in that game definitely was having a guy to rely on and Cassius Winston is that guy yeah I think that's interesting you say we don't have a guy to rely on because in most cases you kind of think well it's even it's it's great like it's it's all spread out we don't have one superstar that's got their ego to kind of live up to. But in the, these kind of moments, you don't really know who to turn to. And I think, like you said, I think Poole should be that guy. But he just hasn't shown us he can be really, like, consistently. So, uh, But also, like how we were saying, like, Michigan always finds a way to lose these big games. It's the same thing in football, too. Oh, like, definitely. They just yep. they can't win when they're expected to, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, it's... Like I said, it's got to be frustrating as a Michigan fan. Um, I can't help, as you say that, Elena, I can't help but think about uh, Michigan's bowl game in football. I know it's a long time ago, um, but I can't help but think about that and how Florida went out there and dominated. But that's old news. Um, Michigan State's 23-5. and They have the kind of that fast track to the – top seed in the Big Ten tournament. Um, Michigan's 24-4. and four. Big rematch March 9th in East Lansing. Um, obviously, we'll we'll try to talk about that one um, again soon, but um, what are you guys looking for in that next matchup? I think that Beeline's just going to come out there and he's, he's going to make his guys be ready. He's going to uh, do whatever he needs to do to switch up the offense to make it work. Uh, these guys are gonna come out there strong. I'm gonna I'm gonna believe in them this time, even though I've <laughs> always believed in them for some reason. But I think that uh, they're just not gonna lose to them twice. Honestly, uh, Michigan put up 70 points, and that was the most they've scored in quite a while since they played Rutgers on February 5th. Well, I mean, um, everybody scores a lot on Rutgers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, the offense was like. Obviously, it w- the offense wasn't there when it needed to be, but I was really, like, stunned by Michigan's defense because Michigan locks down teams defensively. That's kind of what they're known for these days with uh, Luke, Luke Yakish, their assistant coach. But I don't know really what I'm looking for just because the game could be so much different if Nick Ward's back. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in the Big Ten. He's really underrated, in my opinion. Big body down low can be a beast when he wants to be. So 
I don't really know what to expect. John Teske could have his way with him, but Nick Ward could have his way with John Teske. So it's gonna. It's the last game of the regular season. A lot of hype, a lot of stakes, and it, Breslin Center right now. I'd have to go with the Spartans right now, but that's why you play the game. I agree. It'll be. Uh, I would think one of the greatest games of that weekend. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Um, we'll change gears now to the program. Um, quick side note, Elena, your favorite player, Dwayne Wade, just hit a buzzer beater to win about 10 minutes ago. I just saw it on Twitter. Um, Let me see if I got that. Oh, I did get the update, yeah. Let's see. Right. I'm sure you can. Um, Wade at the buzzer. Dwayne Wade at the buzzer. Um, and we'll talk about your other favorite player, LeBron James and the Lakers. Um, they're kind of um, falling apart. Um, they've, they've, they've lost four out of their last five games what is yes. going on first time the lake show first off, i gotta say one more thing did we say they were playing the warriors because they're playing the warriors oh oh and also earlier on in this game wade uh you know uh draymond has his famous kick to the groin area yep he tried to, looked like he tried to do that to wade but he missed and wade has it between his legs for the easy put in, so that's amazing. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Whatever he finessed him, so that was great. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, the Heat just beat the Warriors, everyone. Um, but yes, the Lakers don't. They haven't really had an identity the whole the whole year, though. So I mean, right. they have. They've had. I mean, they came out like right at the start of the season. They weren't very good. Like, how could they be? It's a new team. There's young players. LeBron's coming in. Like, they don't really know how to work with them at first. But then before LeBron got hurt, they started finding their groove kind of, and they started kind of the the young guys came together. But then once LeBron got hurt, of course, they're going to fall apart because they don't have their leader, the like the guy that holds the whole team together on every team he's always every team he's on. But then, so so then there's also a break. And it's also, like, for the trade deadline, these guys are being, like, pretty much they put up their whole team, like, just to try to get Anthony Davis. And this kind of screwed with these, like, young guys' heads. They're like, oh, you, we're, not, like, we're not good enough. So then they, their egos kind of got hurt. So, yes, and they, didn't, they don't really understand, I don't think, yet that it's, like, it's business over loyalty. And so that kind of hurt them, and I think that, even when LeBron came back, it's not just because LeBron's back doesn't mean they're going to start molding like they did right before before he got hurt. So, I think we're gonna we're gonna have to see in the next like ten to fifteen games to see really if they're if they're gonna make try to make this push into the playoffs. I think they will for sure get that at least seven or eight spot. I don't think LeBron's gonna just give up on them. I don't think I don't I know that they won't make the uh, conference finals. Maybe maybe they'll make the conference finals, but I mean it's it's pretty, pretty I unlikely. I don't know LeBron. LeBron though in the playoffs, I I would never ever bet against. Him. You're, you're right. Yeah. I I never do bet against him either. It's just you gotta have you gotta do kind of have a supporting cast a little bit. A little bit. I, mean, I agree. And and Kuzma and Ingram can be those guys for him. I think. I think that also the problem with the whole year they they all they haven't all been healthy at the same time either. Right. And you can say that about any team, honestly, but sure. just it'll be interesting. What about Alonzo, though, with that horrible-looking jump shot? Um, <laughs> it, it just cracks me up because I've I've seen on, on social media 
oh, LeBron's LeBron's locking in. He's in playoff mode. He wants his teammates to be in playoff mode, and the guy kind of didn't really defend. I'm sure it was only on a couple of possessions, but I saw the videos. He he wasn't he wasn't attacking on de- on defense. He wasn't helping. If someone was cutting to the basket, he just kind of watched him go. Like, oh, cool dunk, like cool dunk, bro. That kind of thing. So it, it, I'm a little bit skeptical, but I. Like I say, it was probably just on a couple of, of possessions, not throughout the entire game, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I saw that. I don't like to comment on that too much. It did. Yeah, kind of. Sure it kind of bothered me a little bit that he did do that. But I mean, if you, break, I mean, everybody always picks apart LeBron. Anything That's he does, true. you know. Mm. I mean, they they highlight the bad things because he's the most criticized player ever. Oh, In history I agree. Sports, yeah. Um. Yeah. Honestly, I'm nervous uh, for the Lakers. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. I mean, the team they're chasing in the eighth spot right now is the San Antonio Spurs. Um, obviously, you don't want to take Greg Popovich lightly. Uh, they are four games back right now, the Clippers, and they got, what, six, probably about 22 games remaining. So it's a, it's definitely time to be urgent, and I think really the last few losses versus the Pelicans, versus the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies who are tanking, um, they just lost. And, I mean, you look at the Western Conference, they got to play Houston, got to play the Thunder, got to play the Warriors again. I'm just not confident that they're going to make the playoffs. I'm nervous, and the betting odds, if you bet, um, you have to bet $400 to win. If you bet... $400 that the Lakers won't make the playoffs, you'll only win $100. But if you bet $100 that the Lakers will make the playoffs, you'll win $400. Hey, so I think th- I'm going to do that. Yeah, so they won't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go. Let's start throwing some yeah. money out there. there is, I think I would. And, I think I'll lose more than that anyway. Yeah. Andy, like, eventually. Andy Gleason is now my bookie. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's wild. So they're down four games of the seven-seed um three games of the eight seed and I don't really want the eight seed because you're more than likely going to face the Warriors it'd be a blessing if they face the Denver Nuggets in the first round but I mean the Nuggets could catch that one seed too because I mean I mean Mm -hmm. the Warriors just lost I think that gives them both 18 losses yeah both 18 losses if the Nuggets I don't know if the Nuggets play tonight or tomorrow night but if the Nuggets win then they're tied for first place uh yeah I'm nervous though for the Lakers I and it, how terrible would it be for the National Basketball Association if LeBron James missed the playoffs? It would be absolutely brutal, in my opinion. And I'm a big LeBron fan, my favorite player, and I've got to watch my favorite player finish the NBA season the last eight years. Last eight years, he's played in the final game of the NBA regu- er, playoffs, and I just don't think I'm going to get that this year, definitely, and it oh, breaks my heart, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely heartbreaking. I mean, I, I I own a LeBron jersey from when he played with the Heat. Yep. Um, not I'm I'll I'll admit I'm not the biggest NBA guy in the whole world, um, but I do like watching LeBron James. His 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 passion for the game, other than the the spotty defense that we kind of touched on, um, it's just remarkable to watch. And I think it would really hurt the game if if the Lakers uh, miss the playoffs. But there's nothing that the NBA can do about it. Um, Unless they, you know, want to have some some scandals on their hands. Yeah. <laughs> I, sorry, were you going to continue? Nope, go. Okay, if the if the Lakers miss the playoffs, do you guys know what that would do to my mental health? Because oh it's Dwayne Wade's last year, and if they the Lakers miss the playoffs, I will have, 
I, I don't know. I will need help for sure. Because I'm already going to have a really, really hard time with uh, Dwayne Wade uh, hanging it up this year. Not ready. So I'm, uh, I'm really hoping that Dwayne, like the Heat, will make the playoffs because that'll just give me more time. Dwayne Wade cannot go out in a regular season game. That's, that's illegal. But oh also, boy. but also, I I do think that I don't I don't really think that the Lakers will miss the playoffs. I think they'll make it in there. But I I don't think we'll see him ending the season like you said, Andy. And that's really gonna hurt. It's heartbreaking, like you guys said. Absolutely. Um, real quick, we'll transition uh, to the National Hockey League. Uh, trade deadline has come and gone. Um, biggest thing, um, the Red Wings gave up. A really good piece with Gus Nyquist. Uh, I know I was I was sorely disappointed when I saw that myself. Um, I've come from Grand Rapids. I've watched Nyquist play with the Griffins. Um, Andy, what what did what did you think uh, when you heard that Gus was gone? I'm um, just full on rebuild mode. Uh, I mean, Gus is a nice piece, but. Uh, Time to move on. Time to move on from everybody, with the exception of Larkin, Mantha, Bertuzzi, just a few like truly young, young guys. I don't think, I think if you're a 1994 or birth year, I think you should watch out because you are, your contract's gonna be up in a little bit, and um, they just don't, they just don't want those guys anymore. Um, they just want to rebuild. It looks like that's the Wings' message, and. It's gonna gonna be interesting to see the direction the Wings take in the off season because they're gonna have a lot of cap room. Are they gonna go get a piece? Um, are they gonna try and pursue Stevie Iserman to be their GM president? He just left the um, bolts at the start of the year, and uh, when home comes calling, it's hard to say no. So I that's think right. that's got to be the Red Wings' number one priority is to get Steve Iserman. But I was just I mean I was a little shocked by the deal, but it's just hey like. Let's suck for Jack Hughes. Let's try and get the number one overall pick. That's what I took out of that message. Kind yeah. of put in tank mode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, it was, a, it was kind of a hard thing to do, but it gives them a lot of options to work with the draft and for the offseason. They can do a lot. They can go find a piece, like you said, to kind of help them rebuild that team and make Detroit hockey what it once was and that was amazing but for now that is it for elena and for andy i'm austin thanks for listening